Hello and welcome back to the Andrew Steele podcast. As promised, this is episode number two of the week. If you want to go back and listen to the podcast I did with Mark Meyer of Mets Mesmerized, which went out on Thursday, please do. You can find that at blogsofseal.substack.com or wherever you listen to podcasts at Spotify, Apple, the usual suspects. So... Yeah, before we get started, we are brought to you by blogsofsteel.substack.com and it's been a busy week. If you missed it earlier in the week, I kind of pivoted and transformed both the site and the podcast into baseball-centric sites. I kind of thought that was just best. You know, I think it's always good to, you know, while it's good to have versatility, I, I kind of just felt that that focusing on one sport, especially just given that that sports never stop these days was just best for for me and for the site and ultimately for you guys because it just you know it's not so much of a mishmash so it's been a a fun but busy week kind of getting all that together and yeah and you know it's it's been a perfect way to start by having two two baseball podcasts and covering the the state of New York baseball which hasn't been good obviously both the Mets and the Yankees have been absolute dumpster fires both teams have very very realistic chances of not making the playoffs which should be an absolute disaster so yeah so Mike Meyer came on on Thursday we talked we did a deep dive into the Mets kind of what's gone wrong what they'll do at the deadline long-term changes that may need to be made and then on today's episode I'm joined by a good friend of mine Julian Galate who covers the Somerset Patriots for minor league baseball and MLB.com he has his own podcast which uh, dugout station and I'll include the links to that on the um, info bit of the podcast so he came on and, and we did a deep dive into the Yankees. We kind of delved into the bad job done by Brian Cashman, kind of why this roster is so fundamentally flawed and you know poor roster construction all round. The fact that it leans too heavily on Aaron Judge, who's, who's been out of the lineup for six weeks, what they're going to do at the deadline. Then we touched on some Otani stuff because I don't actually think it's legal to do a baseball podcast without mentioning Otani at least once these days. And... Yeah, it was really fun to get Julian on. We we kind of met for a journalism workshop uh, a few years ago now, and he he's done amazing. He's built up a huge following, and he's done it just through hustle and and pure hard work, which is what this game's all about. That's what sports journalism is, especially these days. It's it's about putting as much, you know, it's 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 like when you hear you know, an NFL quarterback about putting stuff out on tape. It's, it's the same for, for us guys in terms of it's about putting as much content out there as, as you can in, you know, different content, writing, podcasts, social media stuff. And, and Julian's done a really, really good job of that. So it was great to have him on. It was a really, really fun conversation. And as always, I just love talking baseball. So without further ado, I will pass you on to... A Yankee State of the Nation with Julian Galate. Enjoy. So I'm delighted to be joined by Julian Galate, who covers the Somerset Patriots for 
MLB, MILB, and you also cover the Yankees for Dugout Station. Um, Julian, for the listeners, we we go back a little bit because we actually met on a work like a journalism workshop run by the great Chris Cotillo, who covers the Red Sox for for, yes. for Mass Live. And I mean, it's kind of crazy to see like how far you've come, and like I, I've just got such a kick out of seeing what you're doing now and. You know, it seems a long time ago that we were on those workshops together, hustling late at night, trying I know. to get our foot in the door. I know. I, Cotillo's the man. I still speak to him, and uh, he definitely helped us a lot. Um, he, I know he's doing more workshops, too. I'm just tied up right now, so I haven't got back into him. But he got some good guests on there, too. Like There was, like, Passing Kenny and the, I think Buster and Tim Kirchner were in there, too. I don't know if I did all of them, but I did most of them, so... Uh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, I got to network some other people. I know uh, Chris, um, who's the Red Sox reporter? Chris Henrique, I talked to a lot, too, from that workshop. Yeah. He does a lot of good stuff with the Red Sox. He's come a long way also. So it's cool to see the growth of everyone. And um, it's been a fun ride for sure, but we still have more to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think in this business, you you never stop hustling. It, it's one of those businesses where... You know, guys in their seventies are still putting in the, the the hard graph. But no, Chris is great, and I mean, like one thing that always used to blow me away because, as you said, we we both did a few rounds of those workshops, and he does kind of different tiers for each each workshop he does. And like the guys covering a hundred and sixty two game baseball season, and then he still finds the time to do these workshops, which <laughs> which just blows me away. But that kind of uh, sums up how great Chris is. But the reason I wanted to get you on is because I did a Met-centric podcast yesterday. So for those listening, we're recording this Friday afternoon. The Yankees open up a, a series at home against the Royals later on. So I'm aiming to get this out so you can have some pregame listening. But I wanted to get you on because... New York baseball isn't great right now. So I'm going to give you this and then I'm going to ask for your opinion. The Yankees are bottom of the AL East, as we know. They're just they're playing just over 500 ball. Then they're nine and a half games back of the division lead, four games out of a wild card spot. Per fan graphs, the last time I checked today, they have a 28.2% chance of making the postseason. Now they wow, that's low. That is low for the Yankees. They do have a lot of games at home coming up. And as we've said, they open up a series against the Royals tonight. So that is an opportunity to fatten up their record a little bit. But right off the bat, your gut feel, are they a playoff team? Wow. I mean, we're going to start with the toughest question. Um, Right now, I have to say no, but I'm not going to fully say it's a on deal. But um, right now, it looks tough. They're four games out in the wild card. You talk about the Royals being a layup. Well, they just went down to Colorado and Anaheim with one in five. I mean, they lost the series to the St. Louis Cardinals. They lost the series to the Cubs. They lost the game to Oakland. It's, they've been losing the bad teams. They've lost five or six to Boston, which is why they're in last place. So you can't even say the Royals are a gimme right now, sadly. But they need to at least win two out of three, if not sweep. I think they'll at least win this series. Maybe they won't sweep, and I'm expecting them to pull up to at least two games this weekend, at least get make some things look a little bit better. Um, the way they're making these mediocre starting pitchers look is concerning. Like, all these guys are having their best days out there, like Griffin Cannon, um, 
freaking Chase Anderson and um, all these other guys. It's just so many names. It's like escaping me right now. And this guy, Silseth, comes out from AAA, basically, and dominates the Yankees. Like, it's just a bad lineup without Aaron Judge. Judge is not going to fix everything. This team is so flawed. So they need to, if they're going to buy, which I know you're going to ask me later, so I won't say too much about that. Um, they need to do it quickly because um, things aren't looking great. If they lose the series to the Royals, I think all hope just about be lost almost. Then you have the little Subway series against the Mets. You would hope to at least win one there if not a sweep. So I don't think it's a playoff team as we sit right now. I can't say they are. Yeah, I mean, you're so right. The Royals aren't a gimme. And, you know, this stretch coming up, is, as you said, they've got the Royals this weekend. Then they've got the Subway series against the Mets. Then they have series against the Rays and the Orioles. So realistically, in about two weeks' time, it could be all but done, depending on how on, on how these games go. Yeah, like they're going to have a shot to play the teams that are behind. Like they're getting Houston, they're going to play Baltimore again. They're going to get games against Toronto and the Red Sox. So like they could still fix this narrative. Like it's not too late. Four games isn't insurmountable when you still have like 60 something left but the fact they're only three games over 500 is bad um they've been like 500 for around the last 180 190 games if you go back to last year so it's not a small sample size which is concerning they kind of used a hot start last year to jettison themselves into winning division despite not playing great in the second half so there's a lot of problems and they need to hit the ball a lot better. Their pitching's been relatively good, but now you're seeing the bullpen starting to wear down. A few random clunkers in the rotation. Rodon working back. He's going to need some time. It's rough timing for his return right now because they need him to be great, and he's still getting his footing back under him. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I, I wanted to get in, into you, because it's it's always so interesting with, with the Yankees because – they, there's just so much aura around them because of their history, you know, because of the brand, the Yankees brand. And, and I mean, it's interesting. They're, they're in a very similar position to the Mets. I, I would say, obviously, the Yankees are in a better position because of who they've got ahead of them in, in the American League in terms of the, the, the wildcard race. The, the Mets are stuck behind some legit teams. And and you know we're, we're going to get to the positives later, but Judge should be back hopefully at, at some point. So that's a huge factor. That you know what the Mets are rolling out now, are, are what they've got, which is why they're in the position that they're, they're they're in. Whereas the Yankees obviously have have got some key players coming back, but I think it's so easy to kind of pin all of their struggles on Judge not being in the lineup. And there's a bigger point I want to get to that shortly, but. I think this is just one, it's a fundamentally flawed roster in my eyes across the board. And two, what hasn't helped, and, and as has been the case with the Mets, is that there's just too many big time players not playing up to the back of their baseball cards, right? Exactly. You look at the three biggest culprits you got Anthony Rizzo, you got Gene Carlos Sand, you got DJ Mayhew. Those are the big three that aren't getting it done. Josh Donaldson was a train wreck. The expectations for him were already low, and he's done for the year now. Oswaldo Cabrera, I mean, Oswaldo Cabrera hasn't lived up to it either, but he's a kid. 
uh, Volpe and Peraza. Peraza's had a small sample size. I'm happy to see what he can do. Anthony's been hot and cold. I still believe in the kid, but it's been tough at times, and especially because this lineup's been hitting so poorly. He's been looked at more, and he should be as a rookie, but I still think he's going to be a great player, and he does a lot of things well, like his speed, and he has some decent pop. So it's um, And his defense has been pretty good, too, but... It's those three out of three, and for especially for Rizzo, he hasn't had a home run in two months. Um, DJ Mamehi looks like a shell of himself. Giancarlo Stan, even when healthy, hasn't been great. It's just a homer, and I think he's hot and cold. It's like this is the worst season he's had by far, and all this stuff is coming out of horrific timing without Aaron Judge. The only one that you could say is consistently pulling their weight is Glaber Torres, and that's a problem because you can't win with one guy pulling their weight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of parlay this into uh, a bigger point about the, the future, but, you know, it, it just seems that the Yankees and, and Brian Cashman in particular have put a lot of money into players that are either damaged goods or yeah. are in the back nine of their career. You know, like Rizzo struggling, the Mayhew hasn't been who he was in his first year or two as a Yankee. I never understood the Josh Donaldson acquisition I, I i knew that it was kind of done to get uh gary sanchez out of town but i never understood that you know taking that much money back for for a player like donaldson and you know i listen to the michael k show a lot you know you you tune into Talksport radio in new york the, the yankees are the pulse of the the of the city they always will be and for what seems years now, I think there's been a consensus among Yankee fans to get Cashman out. I know they're not happy with Boone either, but for me, it's the general manager that buys the ingredients and the manager, you know, who is dictated to by analytics a lot these days anyway, he has to make do with them. And for me, I feel like Brian Cashman has kind of whiffed on more than he that then he's come through with him. And it kind of just seems that because he's got that relationship with, with the ownership, with the family, and he's been in that seat for, for years, it, it it just doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. But I mean, this is Yankee baseball and they're not playing Yankee baseball. I know that sounds stupid to say now, but you know, how many more years are you going to just keep doing the same thing and expecting different results? Cause it just doesn't work that way. No, you're 100% correct. Um, and there, you already saw Dylan Lawson take the first fall. So you know they're feeling the heat because they never fire a coach in season. So this is going to be unprecedented stuff. Aaron Boone's next up. Like you said, maybe it shouldn't be him, but he's going to be this next fall guy. If the Yankees don't make the playoffs, you never know what can happen with him because someone's going to have to take the hit. Dylan Lawson's not enough, obviously. Sean Casey, I'm all right with the higher play. I'm not sure what he can really do with this cast of characters. He's already the Yankees, like you said. This is a Yankees baseball. It's like watching Meyer Leaguers right now, and even the guys in the Myers are hitting better, honestly. I mean, their games are more entertaining. Like, I was watching Double A and Triple A last night. I'm like, oh, these guys actually hit the ball. But, you know, I enjoy the minor league stuff. But um, at the top, there's so many issues. Cashman's been a train wreck. He not even just the Donaldson trade. What about Frankie Montas? That trade was an absolute disaster. He gave up two, the three, probably more like two MLB pitchers in that deal. He has he gets Trevino back, who now is Tommy John as well. Montas has contributed nothing, and whenever he pitches, it wasn't good. 
Um, they gave up Sears and Wall to Chuck, who Sears is pitching pretty well, Ken's all up and down, but he could still be something. And when you look at the Joey Gallo trade, I don't crucify him for Gallo as much because I liked the deal at the time. Gallo, I thought, fit a good profile. The problem was that he was your prototypical high strikeouts in it for average guy, and that was the issue everyone had with it, and that really reared its ugly head with all the strikeouts, and he just couldn't get it together. And then you look at Aaron Hicks holding on to Hicks for too long. They finally bite the ball with Hicks. And if Josh Johnson doesn't go down, we'd have to deal with him for longer, too. I mean, I hate to say it, but they caught a break with his injury because he needed to get out of the lineup. Everyone was getting frustrated with him. So that's one thing that's positive in a change, but he's made an absolute mess. And all the injured players he's acquired, Harrison Bader, hurt. Andrew Benintendi was kind of fluky, but he gets injured. Uh, Rodone, you sign all this money, he gets hurt. Like, it's just an embarrassing train wreck. And they don't want to fix it because, like you said, you hit the key and the ha- nail on the head. Cashman and Howard are linked to the hip. Like, he doesn't know anything else. He doesn't want to change the GM. He likes the process. And the other guys that need to answer for this are the analytical heads that come up with all this nonsense, like Fishman. Um, I forgot the first name, but the guys who runs the analytics department is Fishman, and he can never be told anything he's doing is wrong. Everything's always correct, and you know, they always have a reasoning for why their plays didn't work out. Like it's and it's a lot of excuses. It's not a lot of winning, especially in the playoffs. They haven't won in 14 years, and it doesn't look like they're winning the World Series this year unless they implement a new lineup quickly. Yeah, I mean, just before I get onto my next point, I mean. The, the hitting coach change is purely done for optics to, to throw the fans a bone. But in that case, I've got 100%. nothing against, you know, and I've got nothing against Sean Casey, but in that instance, would they have not been better off giving the job to poor O'Neill? I you think he's Paul. a legend was, who's, who's no. respected. Like, do you know what I mean? Because at this point, it's just Tonka trucks, what they're doing, because it, with, with what he's got to work with, he's not going to make any difference. So you may as well have just given it to someone who is, is going to have, a little bit of sway over fans, right? Like that. People that, brought up. People brought up O'Neill. I think that would have been an interesting one. Who knows if he would do it? Um, who knows if they thought about it? Apparently, they wanted to hire Casey in the off season, but Casey had an issue or with his family or something, so he couldn't be uh-huh. hired. Like, so they had their eyes on Casey. I guess like they wanted him in some capacity. For him to be a hitting coach, that's a wild stretch coming out of the booth, never doing it before. I I think he's a good hitter, obviously. I mean, I, I liked it because, like, it does give the players a sense of security because, like, they have a guy that's actually done it before. Yeah. They got, he had a good hitting approach. Like, he was a good average hitter. Like, they need some diversity in the lineup. So I'm sure he's doing what he can, but what can he possibly do with what's being presented on a daily basis? I, I don't really know. Going back to to Cashman and with this year's roster in particular, there's there's two fatal flaws I I feel that he's committed. One, when the entire league is heading in one direction, he's he's heading in the opposite. So all you're seeing now is this wave of fresh young talent that's taken the game by storm. You know, you look at the Reds, Baltimore, like the amount of young talent that is taking the game by storm now and making it a better product, to be honest. And the Yankees are getting older and slower. And then the other one, which I think is is the more fundamental flaw, is that they're a lineup that is completely dependent on Judge. And we've seen it with Judge out the lineup. I mean, since since Judge went out the lineup in on June 4th, they're 15 and 20. 
they've got a 291 weighted on base average. Only the Pirates and the Royals have a worse mark in that span. And I mean, it says a lot that Judge is set out six weeks, yet he still leads a team in homers with 19 and ribbies with 40. Yeah. That tells you that this lineup is is weak. And I, and I mean, I, I don't care who you are, who the player is. Any general manager who builds their team dependent on one player shouldn't be in a job, in my opinion. That's not how you build a baseball team. Yeah. Like, you had to bring it back, obviously. No one's arguing that. But, like, you had to add more bats. Like, you couldn't, it wasn't cool just to sign Rodona going into the season and hope that Volpe would do enough. Like, I, and your left field was a disaster. Aaron Hicks, we knew, was terrible. Why, if we know Aaron Hicks is terrible, isn't going to cut it, why couldn't they just deal with that before the season instead of wasting yeah. two to three months to see, like, if he could figure it out somehow just because they signed him to a stupid contract extension and now they still have to eat, like, $30 million now. So that's a joke. And um, Oswaldo Cabrera is a nice player. He could have possibly worked out. So I won't kill him for that one, but it just didn't look, hasn't looked great for him. You have IKF rotating all over the field now. He's not an outfielder, but they're putting him out there. He's doing his best job. You had Jake Bowers, Willie Calhoun, Frenchie Cordero, Greg Allen. Like, oh my God, these names are not <laughs> suitable. Like, you said it's all- a triple A lineup. That is triple A. Those are four A players I just mentioned, basically. So it's just a bit embarrassing. And you have Harrison Bader. Who- can't stay healthy. He's in and out of the lineup, and now he's not even hitting well when he is in the lineup. And there might be some news on him today going in the IL. So on the lookout for that. And it's just an absolute joke how they built this team. Really, uh, you saw how bad their hitting was in the postseason last year, and they decided to do basically not next to nothing to address it. And now they're going to try to scramble at this deadline, maybe, and add a few bats if it's even worth it, which we're going to get to soon. Yeah, let's play devil's advocate quickly before we get onto the trade deadline. So let's flip the switch and be positive for a minute, as hard as that may be. Okay, no, I mean, we got time still. It's not pretty, but we got time. So if we're looking at reasons why they could make the playoffs, as we mentioned at the top, they've got a lot of games at Yankee Stadium coming up. Garrett Cole is is an absolute stud. He's, He's an ace. He's exactly as advertised and I think he gets slept on a lot to be honest I don't think he gets enough credit for, for how good he's been Carlos Rodon I think should only get better I, I think he's probably dealing with rust you, you're going to get Judge back and then you hope that you know like Stanton uh, Limehu, Rizzo they start to revert back to what their baseball card says they are so if we're looking at it though, and then you know Volpe, Peraza you know, particularly with Volpe, you, you know, you hope he has learned from these learning curves and and gets better as the season goes on. I think defensively, he's he's been great. I think obviously at the plate, he's been streaky at best. But yeah. if you're looking at those, there's that's why I say there's there's more reasons to be positive with the Yankees than there are to be with the Mets. I'd say, and and those those would be the the main reasons. Yeah, and um, also another guy who there's two other guys you can have some hope for too. Um, Esther Cortez will be back. I think he's doing a rehab this weekend, so that'll make the rotation better. Um, Luis Severino's not been great. Maybe he needs to turn it around, and we'll see what happens. Clark Schmidt has been pretty damn good under the radar, actually. He's probably been their second-best pitcher for a while now. 
he's been on a really nice stretch. Um, Domingo Herman, we saw the perfect game, but then he gets lit up occasionally. So he's been a little hot and cold. But his spot being Jeopardy, when Nestor comes back, that'll be something to look at for Sevi. But they love Sevi, so I don't see him getting pulled from the rotation. Wysik um, is going to be back at some point, too. So that's going to help the tired down bullpen. Um, yeah, I mean, let's say Aaron Judge comes back. He needs to be back before the deadline. Otherwise, I'm worried they're not going to be in it anymore. Like, I really hope he comes back in the next week or so because they can't go too much longer without him. Like you said, they're too dependent on him, which is terrible roster construction in itself. And I also think when he returns, those other guys will start hitting better just naturally because they'll be getting better pitches to hit. Like, they'll blend in more. Like, some of them will wake up. I don't fully expect all three of them to turn it on, though. I don't think that's realistic anymore. I've really lost hope for LeMayhew. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, Rizzo is frightening these last two months. I guess if I had to pick one, I'm going to trust Stanton to get it together the most out of anyone. Just because I don't feel like he's really lost too much. I think he's just a little bit off. And he, he tends to, to get hot when the chips are really down, too. You know, like, postseason Stanton's a thing. And I think when the chips are really down, that's when he tends to come through. He thrives after in August and September, too. He He's had a lot of big August before and some big July. So I think his, heat, his heating up time should be pretty close, I think. I really do. So especially when Judge comes back. So that's some positivity. They're not done yet. Like, they have to do a lot of work, though. I would guess, like, you're going to need, like, 92 to 95 wins to probably get that third wild card spot at least because this AL is stacked. This is the best division of all time we're seeing in the AL East this year. Every team's over 500. Even the Angels. Yeah. Which says a lot. I <laughs> know. Um, we kept the Angels in it, too. The Angels are right there now because they swept us. I know. So that that's another reason for for – baseball fans to hate the Yankees because they've they've now given the Angels another reason to to not deal Otani at the deadline and give us all the... gonna, I don't think he's going to get dealt. That owner loves him too much and he's yeah. chasing down the 60 home runs. They're going to lose a lot of money if they trade him. I don't uh, think it's going to happen. Well, I have an Otani question for you to finish with. Bef- okay. Before we get into the deadline stuff, I want to ask you two questions in one quickly. Okay. They're prospect related. So I know you mentioned right. Volpe earlier. So Volpe's hitting 207, 278, 374 with 13 homers and 34 ribbies. I, I kind of like their approach with him because they haven't sent him down and they're sticking with him. And I think he's shown enough that, like, defend- no, that's okay. No, no worries. Defe- I think defensively he's he's got elite stuff at the major league level. And I think offensively he's shown enough that he'll figure it out long term. So... I kind of like what they've done with him, and I think he'll be a major piece going forward. And then the second kind of question is, or statement rather, is if things don't go well the next week or so, and they're out of it come the deadline, do they call up Jason Dominguez? Or is it too No, early? Dominguez isn't ready. I've been watching all year. He's not ready yet. Um, he, his average is only like 220 and the OPS is only around like 750 or so he in double A. So that's not going to cut it yet. He's, he's where he's got to work on some things. I'm hoping that he can get the triple A by the end of the year, maybe, but he ain't ready for a big show yet. I think a guy you could look at if that happens is Everson Pereira. Maybe I did some work video on him yesterday. 
as I put it on our channel, I think he deserves a look. Estevan Florial, they buried, but I think he could deserve a look too. Uh, those are two guys I think that could contribute. Um, other than that, it's pretty slim in the outfield because the Spencer Jones is in high A and he he's nowhere close. So I don't think it's Dominguez's time yet. I think maybe at some point next year though. Is is Volpe the the guy at shortstop for you long term? Yeah, I think he will be. I think Peraza could end up being second two, and then like maybe they will do a switch for Volpe and Peraza at short a second, but I think they'll probably just keep him at shortstop. Yeah, I'm still in on Volpe. I want to see what Peraza has. So if they sell, I'm looking at like arbitrary pieces like the Baders, Severinos, like Herman. Eggy, like maybe IKF, just like some spare parts, like maybe some bullpen arms, like nothing too crazy, but like some house cleaning kind of just to like get rid of some expiring contracts and reset a little bit. Yeah, let's get into the deadline because I, I agree with you. I, I don't think the Yankees are going to have a. They're not going to tear it down. This isn't going to be 2016. I, no, I don't think so either. You know, you'd be stupid too when you've got Cole and Judge in their primes and, and locked down for as many years left as, as they are. So what do you think they will do at the deadline? What do you think they should do? And what area, what there's a lot of holes, what holes do you think they're going to prioritize? Well, it's tough for me to say what they should do right now, because I don't know like where they're going to be sitting in a week or so. So I'll give you the scenario and say, let's have some fun and say they get back in it and they're going to make a push and we're going to buy um, gotta get get Cody Bellinger in here to play left field 100. That's a realistic move. He's on an expiring yeah, yeah. deal. That's how I, I got my list. That would fill a lot of the holes. Um, he would help out a lot. He'd be like their second best hitter right now behind Aaron Judge, honestly. So get him. That's what I would do. Um, get some bullpen arms. Um, I like Barlow from the Royals. Maybe the Royals can always be looking to sell. Um, starting pitchers, I think Jack Flaherty's interesting. The Cardinals are probably going to deal him. So if you want to add an arm, maybe do that. Uh, Dylan Carlson's a name that intrigues me too. I know there's some different opinions on him, but he's controllable for a while. He's a switching outfielder. He plays good defense. I think he could benefit from a change of scenery. The bat's like, okay, it's around average. It's not like an elite bat, but he is only 24. He has some room to grow. That could be someone interesting for the Yankees. I would move on from Harrison Bader next year and redo the outfield a little bit. So if you get Carlson, you could put him in the outfield and he could play left. And for Cody, like if you get him, maybe you could lock him up long term in the offseason or something. So I think that's something you could look at. That's what I would do. I would try to attack the left field, number one. Um, outside the box ideas to upgrade catcher, but they have so many catchers in their system. I don't even think it's necessary. They can call up Rorvet and put Wells in AAA, maybe move on from Higgy or Trevino. I, t- I don't know if they would actually do it, but their offensive catching is another problem we didn't even talk about. Like, they're getting nothing from their catching offense, like, they, next to nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's a lot of holes there. It's it's kind of a similar thing with, with the Mets, but I think for the Yankees, Bellinger's the obvious one because, you know, mission accomplished in terms of signing the short-term deal with Chicago. He's got his confidence back. He's got his swag back. So that's a good move for him. Yeah. Good move for him. Good move to the Yankees because he's on expiring and not a lot of money there. So you pick him up and, you know, if he does well, as you said, maybe there's something there long-term 
and he'll certainly make this a better ball club. He'll give them more balance in the lineup. And then, yeah, I think look, looking down, if you can add another starter, patch up the bullpen somewhat, and then if Judge comes back before the deadline and the Yankees are still kind of in it, then I, I think if you can make those kind of, you know, like important but not splashy moves, you know, you don't want to take on a boatload of more money given where this roster is. Then yeah, like they shouldn't get like Nolan Arenado, for instance. No. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, it'll be fun, but like that's another huge contract to an older player. And I want some play, payroll flexibility. Some other guys I like that are interesting being talked about a little bit. Everyone's in a one solo. I think that's completely nonsense. He's, I don't think he's going to get traded this deadline. I think maybe it's a next year thing for them. The Padres might get some expiring. So like Blake Snell and Josh Hader intrigue me. I wouldn't mind getting those guys in, the, in New York, see what you can do with that. The cost wouldn't be too crazy because they're expiring, but you can give some decent prospects and get those two back potentially. And if you put Hayter in that bullpen, you finally have a legitimate closer. Uh, if you put Blake Snell in that rotation, you can really talk about it being the best in the game if everyone's healthy. So I think they need to shore up their pitching as much as possible too because their offense is so bad. The only way they're going to win is if their pitching is going crazy. So they need that pitching to be top notch. Like they need this is a it's a different era. Yankees aren't winning with offense anymore. They're going to have to win with pitching, even if Judge comes back and they get these new bats. Like pitching is going to have to carry weight for sure. Yeah, the 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 Soto thing with with the Padres, I don't get because I would think they would want to extend him, not dealing yeah. away that or that sort. So. I, I tell you a player, and I'm, I'm not saying this is a, a target for the Yankees, but a player that I really have enjoyed watching is Lane Thomas with the, um, with the uh, Nationals. I do like that, actually, he, as a target. He, he's a do-it-all hitter. He, like, he does everything. He, he, like, you can slot him into the middle of that lineup. He, he you know, he, he hits really well against both lefties and righties. He'll, he'll put the ball into play. I, I think for me, Someone like Lane Thomas is would be really interesting. I'm actually intrigued by that idea too. Even Candelario, but the Yankees said they won't upgrade their base, so he's out. They're gonna try Peraza, I think, and see if they can salvage DJ. Um, I I'm in on the Lane Thomas, so I just don't know if the Nationals have the motive to sell him because he has high control and they need something there. So I don't know, but you can't continue to strip it down the way. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you, can, you can field an all-star team of the players they've dealt at the deadline in the last yeah. five years alone. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a crazy time. I think the Padres should look to lock up Soto. It's just that they've invested a lot of money and the product's not looking great, so they may be rethinking things too. But I'm sure that's what they want to do. It's just that Scott Boris is his agent, so he's going to be looking for a crazy contract. He probably yeah. wants to make free agency. So I don't think it's... I don't think it's legal at the moment to do a baseball podcast without mentioning Shohei Otani. So we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna end with with him. And I mean, he just seems to every night he just seems to, to do something else, which is just jaw dropping. I think I I, I do agree with you. I th I think um, Artie Moreno doesn't want to go down in history as the owner that that trades away the best player we've we one of the best players we've we we've ever seen. And and I think. Ultimately, they'll keep hold of him and kind of just be like, "Look, we'll, we'll you know, we know we're going to lose him for nothing." But 
Because I, I think they're not going to get the same value as they would have done if they would have doubted him a year ago, um, arguably yeah, at the trade deadline. But yeah. when it comes to... Because to, I, I just don't think he's going to stay with the Angels. He's not going to stay. I don't so, think so. So when it comes to free agency, we know on the East Coast, the Yankees and the Mets are going to be players. We know... I don't think you can rule the Padres out from anyone anymore. Um, no, no, yeah. The Dodgers, the Giants. From a Yankees perspective, you know, uh, do do you think they'll be serious players? Like, what are you, what's your all? Are they because you know, it, it's fashionable to to say the Yankees are because of the Yankees, and of course they're going to be going big way hunting and being on every big fish. But what what's your read on that whole situation? I think the Mariners are a wild card. He seems to enjoy yeah. going to the All-Star game, and I think he likes spending time out there. Another team that's a wild card that's going to make us sick is the Red Sox are a wild card, too. He seems to like Fenway Park, and uh, Boston kind of needs to make a big push with something. They haven't really spent big in a while, so I think that could be intriguing. Hopefully not. I don't think the Yankees will be, like, that serious about it. I think they're going to try, but like, I can't see them getting it done. Honestly, it's just yeah. the, the big money that's going to require. is kind of unrealistic from the Yankee standpoint with the way they operate now, I think. And it's also, I don't think Yankees is his preference either. So that's going to make it tougher. You're going to have to overpay for him. Yeah. He wants to be West. I'm pretty sure in his ideal world. Yeah. I think there's, cause I said this on the podcast I did yesterday, for an East Coast, like if he was available at the deadline, like if, if you're the Mets, do you almost be aggressive and get him at the deadline to then convince him New York to play long term? But I do think as well that ultimately, and we've seen this with other players, ultimately it's going to be the most money that, that wins. But how sick a Yankee fan's going to be if, say, he goes to the Mets? And it's not just an on-field thing. It's going to be the mark, the, the, the amount of markability and the amount of, um, big time fashion brands and marketing brands that are going to be knocking on Steve Cohen's door. What's been a tough year for Yankee fans already is just going to implode if Otani ends up as a Met. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why Artie Moreno wants to keep him because he's looking at that money flowing in with all those Japanese ads and all that Japanese yeah. television and everything and all the fans that go to see him still and the fact he could chase down the 60 home runs and the Angels aren't too far out right now. So I think like he is going to end up staying, just to reiterate that. And he's going to be a huge influence wherever he goes. Like the ticket sales, everything's going to go up. Um, jersey sales, just like all the stuff you can do with him. The fact that he just pitches and hits at the level he does, it's like something we probably won't see again. And it's like it's passing what Babe Ruth did. And we'll keep saying Babe Ruth, but it's becoming more impressive than now. Like he's doing it for longer. Um, he throws 100 miles an hour. He runs as fast as anyone. He hits the ball as hard as far as anyone. He's just an absolute beast out there. And he's so, like, detail-oriented and precise, yeah. too, with his training and everything. And he, like, he's striving to be the best player that's ever put on a uniform. And from ability-wise, he's right up there with anyone that ever has. Just one quick one before I let you go. I like I've said this a lot in a lot a lot of articles I've done. I was really excited about this season, but for me, it's exceeded all of my expectations. Like 
I, I've always enjoyed baseball anyway. Like I've always enjoyed baseball for what it is. At, like the last few years, I can stick on a Pirates Reds game. But I think for this year, I think not only has it been so much fun with the rule changes, but I think what is making it more enjoyable is that I think it's now becoming relevant again. Like you're hearing it being talked about on national sports. Like I, I've not heard baseball be talked about on say the Dan Patrick show as much as it has this, this year. And the, the rule, the rule changes are, have made it so much better without taking much away. I, I don't think that the amount of young talent, I mean like Ellie de la Cruz, I'll stop what I'm doing to watch him. Um, it's, it's insane. And for me, I, I really do think that this is the MLB revenge tour. I think baseball's back. And are you, so my question is, are you enjoying it as much as, as I am? Yeah, it's been a fun ride. I mean, I try to watch as much other baseball as I can. It's tough for minors and Yankees to check the other teams, but I do when I can. Ellie's Ava Cruz is throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. Asking oh, people insane. If he should pitch now and be in for another Otani, got party, get throw the ball. But um, it's just ridiculous to watch. You have Corbin Carroll, like all these guys. Like the Orioles have so many young prospects, which is propelling them to, to the top of the league. And then you just have all these young stars coming up together. And it's just great for the game. Like all these guys are getting called up. Like you said, the Yankees got to get in the wave. Like Volby was a good start. Super Prospect too. But they need one more. They need one more. I think they need someone this year. Got to get some blood from the farm in there. See if you could change some things up. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll I'll let you go because I've kind of kept you a bit longer than we said. But thank you for coming on, my man. It's great to see you um, again. Love what you're doing. So keep that up, and we'll we'll try and get you back on post deadline to kind of go into to what the Yankees have done. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, everyone, follow us at Dugout Station on all platforms. Um, check out my friend Sandy Millennia on Twitter and Instagram as well. She, we work together with Dugout Station, and we've been pushing a lot of things out. So we're still grinding with that. And everyone check Latino Sports and World Baseball Network as well. I do some contributions on there. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'll put all your links in, in the podcast when we release it. Um, thank you again, my man, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you.